if you can hear my mouse usually. It's got the weird rolly, rolly wheel. Uh, rolly wheel. Oh, I said meditation practice, not medication. Boy. Hello, Jody. Hey, man. How are you? Uh, I'm, I'm well. You are well. Uh, that's good to hear. It's good to hear. I'm well as well. Hmm. Good week? Big week. It's, it, it's been a better week. Um, good. You know, we've, uh, we've got show notes. We've got a show. We're on the show. Is this the show already? I think, uh, I think this is the show. Um, we've, we've got a bit of follow up. Okay. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. Um, a, uh, kitchen ant update on my part. Hmm. Yeah, I got professional help with my aunt, my aunt situation. Okay, and did they tell you that the ants were all in your head? No, uh, I not that did kind get. Of I did get. They weren't. The bugs were not under my skin. Okay, which was good. Uh, I got a th- third-party verification that there were ants in the kitchen. Okay, and they are what's properly called ghost ants, but more commonly called sugar ants. Hmm. Those are the same. Apparently. And you'll recall, last week, last episode, I said they were not sugar ants. Uh, You might be exaggerating what I recall, but go ahead. All right. Well, I was saying that um, the ants in my kitchen, I would not refer to as sugar ants. Right. You thought they were too too big or too small or too... They were just different. Too unsweet? Yeah, they were too too sour to be sugar ants. Too calorie-free? Yeah, uh, but apparently these are sugar ants, and I had been referring to the wrong ants by sh- the name of sugar ants my whole life. My whole life as a Floridian. I, I don't know how to... I'm not sure I can cope with this. I feel like a bad Floridian. Hmm. Well, I, I feel like I haven't been a Floridian as long as you, but I've done worse things in Florida, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't, really, uh, I wouldn't really beat yourself up about it. <laughs> are we, are we going to keep score on who's done the worst things in Florida? I, Jody, I, I don't think that that's a, a game that you can win. In general, that's a way we, we can't even get in the top, you know, top any any kind of percentile on that, I don't think. I mean, talking of which, have you, I, I know you're a, a novice Twitterist, but um, are you, uh, <laughs> there's a Twitter account called Florida Man? I've heard of this, actually. Okay, yeah. Okay, well, uh, I'd like to clarify, though, uh, for the listener. This is, uh, the name of the Twitter account is what, at Florida underscore man or something like that? Is that right? I think so. Or is it Florida Spaceman? What is it? Uh, Not no, like it's... Florida Spaceman, but Florida <laughs> Space. There have been a lot of spacemen from Florida, actually. Yeah, that's true. Think about it. Doesn't narrow it down. Hmm. Well, it narrows down significantly. There have only been a couple hundred people in space total, right? Are we, are we counting the monkeys and, and, the, and the goats? I said people, Joey. Oh. Are we counting the monkeys? Hmm. Uh, no. Still, people uh, means homo sapiens, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and not all of them, even. I had a discussion with a student today uh, who, was, who was trying to deal with the horror of the fact that the Soviets set up a, a really cute dog with no intentions of bringing it back alive. The horror. She, she had just Google image searched uh, Laika. Or the whatever horror. The, and whatever that poor dog's name was. Yeah, uh, that dog was kind of cute. Yeah. Now that you it. it looked like Crash Dog. Smaller. Huh. They would never send Crash Dog to space. Well, at least he'd fit well in a capsule. Well, yeah, but so many faces would get bitten trying to put him in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. I'm not sure I've ever met a dog uh, better suited to escape from a, a harness. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or, or some kind of, you know, launch constraint device. Anyway, so yeah. Uh, but yeah, my ants were professionally treated. Um, apparently you have to bait for these ants. You can't spray them. Why is that? They just, they're too exploratory. They'll, they'll no, that makes no and... sense. What if you spray them right in the face? Well, then you'll kill that one ant. Oh, then, okay. So you, what you're next... saying is you you can. It's not that they're immune to spray. It's not that they've like evolved a resistance to our chemicals. It's just that it just won't get them out of my kitchen. I see. So you just yeah. uh, you win the battle, but not the war. With the exactly. So so the guy the guy left some bait where where he observed the their you know little exit hatches to be, which were mm. very tiny cracks in the in the caulking around what? the countertops. Tiny ants. Yeah, they are tiny ants. Uh, so he left he left some bait, and it, you know it's not like it's not like a big uh, you know roach motel uh, affair. This is just like a little dollop of goo nearby their walking path that seems tastier to them than whatever crumbs I'm leaving behind in the kitchen. And so hopefully they take that back to the to the queen and say, "Look what I've brought for you. Eat this," and then they're all dead. So mm. that's the idea. But they they say it with chemicals. Exactly with pheromones. They say mm. all of that. With pheromones, what, what, what must that be like? You think their language is rich and nuanced and, and full of you know, feeling? Making the Jackie Treehorn gesture. It's just like French, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. All right. So good. Uh, now you mentioned that you liked your pest control company and uh, thought there might be a sponsorship opportunity there. Have you explored that with them? Uh, not yet. Um, I've I've yet to uh, you know give them proper payment. I guess. Hmm. and uh, encouragement. But they are a really cool local company. Hmm. And um, there, there is, a, there is a, a, another not-so-local company that almost everybody else uses that is horrible, that I'm so glad I don't have to deal with this other big company anymore. Big. It starts with a T. I don't even want to say the name. Oh, they're awful. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about, but... Yeah, well, we should, uh, you know, we should offer them an opportunity, I guess, if they have the, uh, I don't know, do you think they're do you think they're big enough to really be part of our podcast? They could be. Uh, they, I mean, seem because... to span, they seem to span both sides of the bay and even the bit up at the top where, uh, you know, where Spring Hill or those those fake those fake cities are. That's not a real place. Offering a, uh, a ground floor opportunity like that to a... Uh, a smallish company like uh, this alleged double R pest control place. I don't. I don't know that that makes sense. I, I think they will quickly not be able to afford it as this, as this expands to its inevitable size. Yeah, they pro- they probably can't scale with us. You're right. That's just a rat hole that we can't we can't afford to follow. That's a shame. Yeah. Too bad. They seem like good people. Um. So you had also follow up on the running thing. I do. I do. Um. I, I, I get to hound you a little bit more about this. Mm-hmm. I think. Go ahead. Um, first of all, listening to the previous episode while editing, you kept saying the muscles that, that cause shin splints are pushing on something. But muscles never push on anything. All they can do is pull and resist pulling or resist stretching. And uh, I'm pretty sure I've, I've got the... Uh, the shin, the shin muscle attachment points nailed. I will, however, give you props in that if you're 
pushing super hard uh, at the very end of your stride as your tippy toes leave the pavement, I think you could hyperextend your ankle in such a way that you could also injure those those same muscles that I was talking about. Okay. Hmm. Well, uh, you know, I'm okay with being wrong about that for one reason, which is that, you know, of the two of us, I'm the one who's running. <laughs> yeah, you still you still got that over me, but yeah. not for long. Not for long. Not for long. I well, I'm I'm glad to hear that, Jody. I I uh, I don't lord that over you because I don't want you to run. I think you should be running. I, re- I had to run indoors this week. The weather was crap. Yeah, it hasn't it hasn't been good. Um, I'm overall not a fan of running indoors. Mm. I, I want I want the the the, the non air conditioned air in my lungs. Yeah, it's better. And it's less boring. And there's lots of good reasons to run outside. Yeah, um, but sometimes it's just not convenient you know if it's if it's between actually getting some running done and getting struck by lightning yeah you should probably just hit the treadmill going out the door into pouring rain is is pretty difficult when you're dry you know what i mean well you said your information pod lasted in the driveway with well, the elements for like four months right yeah and then now it doesn't work and oh, oh i still right. I, i've yet to be uh I, i've yet to have them pencil me in at the uh, the genius bar to, to deal with my information pond problem. Yeah, su- surprisingly poor choice of booze at the at the genius bar. I found. Yeah, right. Ah, yeah. All they serve is that. Uh, what do they call it? Uh, Harvey Wozniak. Uh, I don't even know. <laughs> you just made a computer joke, man. Did I? Yeah, oh. that's really funny. Accidentally. Yeah. Oh, well. Okay. It is Thursday. <laughs> so, yeah, you're probably right about the muscle thing. Even at the time, even last week, I gave you credit. I said that what you were saying from a mechanic standpoint it sounded like it made more sense. Uh, I don't know how I had it all backwards, but I don't care. I fixed my stride, and now I get to run. So, uh, And that is a and that is a thing about running on the, on the, on the treadmill. It's... It's weird. I run slower, but I feel like I'm running faster. It's a, it's a whole, I don't know, space time. It's a relativity thing because your reference frame is moving, probably. Oh, completely. And then there's that weird feeling when you get off the treadmill. Oh, it's the worst. Oh, oh at the end, strange. at very the strange. end, I end up, I end up draping myself over the front of the machine for a minute just to, uh, just to settle, <laughs> just to get that to go away a bit. Do you remember? Do you have this from your childhood? Did you? Used to be a part of a, a latchkey society or, or whatever, a childcare, uh, in you know, internment camp where you were taken to a skating rink once or twice a week. I I had a a daycare situation for a while, but it wasn't quite the archetypal latchkey thing that you're talking about. Um, hmm. So as we certainly didn't get to go to the skating rink. Do you want to talk about that? Well, I want to talk about this. I mean, I mentioned it because uh, it just brought that back that feeling of you've been running on the treadmill for you know 30 40 minutes and then you try to stop and and the world doesn't make sense anymore well i remember that from my childhood at the skating rink and so it's like being on roller skates and then suddenly being off roller skates is that well, what you mean? yeah yeah for 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 an hour and a half or whatever you're going around in circles at whatever speed and then all of a sudden you stop and take off your really shoes and you expect the world not to be i mean it makes no sense to your inner ear it's yeah. the same feeling well, uh, hmm. well, there was also a time when we were very early adolescents when the skating rink was a very 
very important dating spot. Um, so you know this, these sort of inner ear situations could really could really cost you. They they could be uh, you know really deadly to uh, any sort of social situation. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think I had any kind of game back in my skating rink days vis a vis the other sex, uh, the fairer sex. Well, nobody did, Matt. That's why we were at the skating rink. No, man. In my recollection, it's different. Some some of those kids did. I remember a couple of kids who had game in, what, fifth, sixth grade. I hated them so much. Okay, I guess I guess there were a few. I'm thinking of a kid. I can picture him, but I can't think of his name. It doesn't matter. It uh, <laughs> doesn't matter. I made out a lot in the sixth grade. It was really disgusting. Okay, well, uh, I guess you were doing all right then. Yeah, I guess I was. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't worry about it. Hmm. Yeah. So that, hmm, this this might be getting creepy. Yeah, this got a little creepy. I don't think we meant to to turn this way. But yeah, okay. So inertial reference frame. Uh, let's see what's next. Um, uh, all right. So we've dealt with the we've dealt with the running thing. Uh, when are we gonna go running? What's your usual distance? Uh, I can go as few as, say, three miles, or as many as five. Hmm. That's actually, do, that's actually not a very broad broad window. Uh, five's a lot. Yeah, I, I think so. I can't do five. But, but could uh, you, could, you, could, you could crank out a, a 3.2, right? Like yeah, I could, I, could, I, could, I could get that done. You could do 5K. Even, even in my state, even in my current state, I could do that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we'll, 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 we'll plan for that for next week. So you, you, you mentioned that you, you talked to my mom and that she's listening to the show. Uh, I, I did. Um, you know, we have, we have a, a few listeners now do, yeah. I think your, your forceful influence. You're just, you're just foisting this on people. I, I, I don't feel like, uh, I don't know. Should I feel guilty about that? I actually feel weird about it because I, I know of about, um, literally several people who are listening to the show who are probably uh going to listen to the show that we are recording right this minute and that makes me uh makes me feel a little funny i don't know how you feel about that right now right now that the show we're recording right now right this moment the wow. show we're recording right this moment they can't hear as we record it but they will hear in the future and to them it'll be happening then. now to now yeah okay you that's actually then will be happening now you actually the the whole experience made me feel guilty that I had not uh, made my own mother listen to the show yet. Hmm. So for whatever whatever that's worth, you're being a good son, I guess. I guess. Um, hmm. The other the other the other person who listened to the last episode is my wife. It's the first uh, first time she's listened to an episode. No, oh, for first time spouser. First time uh, spouses, and she. Um, and uh, her her one note for me ha- had something to do with the cover of Runner's World. Imagine that. Uh, yeah, I I, <laughs> I, I, set, I set you up for, for some. That's okay, some Jody. Bashing there. I That's apologize. okay, Jody. This we we're keeping this we're keeping this real. It is what it is. We are who we are. Yeah, I'm the one that brought it up. I don't know what that says about me. Anyway. Well, it says you're a, you're a, you're a man of of, of of good taste. Anyway, right. So. Um, we we talked about last last episode. Oh oh, before we get into that, uh, I I did mention that the, the 
the the listener, the canonical listener, the original listener, uh, brought oh, his I own like cards. That. I like that. The canonical listener. The canonical listener. That's, that's that's beautiful. He will be. First of all, he's not sure. He he thought it was pretty weird that we thought he was Lithuanian. I I was pretty sure that that he, that he would feel weird about that, but that makes it all the much more amusing. Mm, I I agree. Yeah, he doesn't see himself as a uh, as a pot stirrer. He sees himself uh, more as a, a creator of a salute of solutions and a fixer of things. Really, a blue sky solutioneer is what he sees himself as. That's a lot of adjectives there, Matt. Solutioneerist. Solutioneerist. Uh, he is a fixer. I will give him that. He's a, he's the fixer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's the fixer and a very good wheelman. Right. Even if he sometimes asks for his cigarettes and lighter when he's plugging the hole in his gas tank with his finger. And covered in fuel himself. That literally happened. Yes, that happened. Hmm. Here's another thing. The canonical listener, uh, he told me in an information message that uh, he had had a surprise for me at at our, our accidental meeting this afternoon. And what he had for me was this um, this box about the size of a brick. Can you picture a brick? Uh, what, like a what, what kind like, of brick? Like a like red a brick? brick like a red brick. Not a cinder block brick. No, like a red brick. Okay. So I'm holding a box in my hand about the size of a brick. It's wrapped in brown paper, like um, you know, grocery bag brown paper, and on it it says Jody in black magic marker. And he handed but it. To, but he's giving it to you. He handed it to me, and he said, "And I said, what is this?" He says, "That's a surprise." And I said, "Okay, uh, what what am I supposed to do with it? Am I supposed to give it to Jody? Why don't you give it to Jody?" And he said, uh, "You should uh, ask him if he wants you to open it on the air." And I said, "Okay, I'll uh, I'll, I'll I'll do that." And he said, "If he, if he says you can open it, then oh, you can yeah. open it." Absolutely, his Lithuanian tendencies. Are are coming out? I think. I agree. I think they've never been more. Uh, I think they've never been more prevalent than right at this very moment. I just turned on the camera, by the way. Oh, I, I see you. you. There, there's Here's... some video. Oh, this is awesome. Okay, it's wow. It's like Christmas. Yeah, kind of. It's remote this is, Christmas. Uh, I apologize for uh, the audio listeners who don't get to see the, the yeah, this grand is... unveiling. I'll do this... my best to describe it. This is kind of a weird stunt for a. Um... A uh, a medium a, such as this, a podcast. It's not even a podcast yet. A fully audio medium. Oh, see, one of one of his green index cards fell out. There's a green index card. It says, <laughs> "All right." So on it, it says, "It says Jody. These were great for storing half-eaten power bars, other random <laughs> foods, and a variety <laughs> of other items." The listener. <laughs> And it's a box of it's it's a box of Ziploc bags. Okay, that uh, is just about the coolest thing ever. So yeah. you know, talk about uh, a person who finds solutions for things. I think our listener just found you a solution, Jenny. He absolutely did. I cannot argue with the brutal simplicity simplicity provided by our canonical listener. Is there a reason that that solution hadn't occurred to you? Is there? Is it? Does it have something to do with the way you use plastic around your house? And more to the point, does it have something to do with your significant other's feelings about petroleum-based storage solutions? Uh, mostly the last thing. Okay. My, my significant other has strong feelings about packaging. Mostly 
styrofoam. Uh, she will go to great lengths to avoid styrofoam. Mm-hmm. So, it's true. Uh, I might not think to put something in a Ziploc bag when I know that it's only a, a temporary situation. I, I want a Ziploc bag to be a permanent, not a permanent, but a, <laughs> a, a, a more of a long-term solution. Uh, <laughs> Ziploc bags are not permanent, Jody. In uh, fact, uh, the, the Buddha nature of everything is uh, impermanent. Impermanence, that's true. You got me there. But, you know, put, putting a, a half-eaten power bar in the Ziploc uh, is much different than uh, putting a, I don't know, a handful of wood screws in the in the Ziploc and putting it in the toolbox. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean, and I have similar feelings on the, the, the subject, even though I, I'm not uh, as strongly moved. I'm not going to handcuff myself to a, um, I don't know, styrofoam delivery truck. Does that exist? It, it might. But I tr- I do try to I do try to reuse uh I do try to reuse Ziploc bags, um when they're not gross, you know. Do you clean them? No. Do you go out of your way to like clean them and use them again? I I will go as far as if there is a dry contaminant, I will I will tap it out or maybe wipe it out, and you'll, then leave leave the bag on something so it hangs it open. Out. You'll blow it out like a Nintendo cartridge, right? Absolutely, and um and I will I will. I will prop it its mouth open and leave it somewhere so that it can air out and dry out and I can use it again for something. Okay. This is something that bothers my significant other who wants me just to throw that crap away and just pull out a fresh one. But I find that uh, I find that bothersome, honestly. Okay. Well, you cannot use my gift from the listener as, no, I, as your fresh Ziploc bags. No, I will. I'm going to staple this car. I have a stapler here. Where's my stapler? Actually, you know what's weird? I appear to have three staplers here on my desk. Well, given our conversation from last week, that doesn't really surprise me. <laughs> so I'm going to staple your card to your box of uh, Ziplocs. Wait for it. And it's done. All right. I heard it. Hopefully hopefully that's on your on your track so everybody can, can hear the, the proof. Okay. Um, the proof in the audio. Yeah, so I will deliver this to you, but not on Saturday because you double booked Saturday. Disappointed about that, but we'll uh, we'll ha- we'll have a run maybe uh, Tuesday, Monday, I don't know, whatever day is good for you. Okay. Um, do you want to talk about cars? Let's do let's do like a a mini a mini car, uh, like a lap a lap around the car topic. Okay. Not a deep dive. Okay. That's not what I want. Hmm. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, you want me to go first? Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, the reason I wanted to talk about cars is because I feel uh, one of the one of the many ways in which I am lucky. Of course, you create your own luck in a lot of ways. I I feel very fortunate for a man of moderate means to have my automobile needs, which are a big part of my personality, um, almost perfectly met at this point in my life. I have. Three vehicles that are important. Well, thank, thank God, it only takes three vehicles to meet your automotive needs. Yeah, I, I other people would maybe find that excessive, but other people don't. <laughs> other people don't know you like I do. Other people are just wrong. So here's the thing: I have I have three vehicles. I have a sports car, I have an off-road car, and I have a motorcycle. And then my wife and I co-own a, a Vespa uh, scooter, which you can. Ciao! Right off in the sunset on your bright red vest, but that's also excellent. So that's a, that's a fourth one, but it's not in the it's not in the top three. 
Um, yeah, they're all important to me. My off-road vehicle is a is a, a Toyota FJ Cruiser, and uh, I haven't had it that long. I've had it a little over a year, but we've already been on several adventures together, and I've been modifying it, and uh, and I think it's excellent. My sports car has a much longer history. My sports car and I go back well over a decade. It's a, a, a boxy and beautiful 1988 Toyota MR2 in orange pearl mica, which isn't orange. It's just deep red. Heavily modified. There's basically nothing on the car that came in that form from Toyota. Ridiculously fast, uh, but, but not as civilized as it used to be. A uh, little sports car that I have for those um, those weekend blasts uh, into those rural days Florida. You, you just need to take the t-tops down and uh, <laughs> t-tops, right? Blast yeah. around some corners. Yeah, that's so eighties. But yes, it has t-tops and it uh, it it uh, it it's a fantastic thing. It's just it's such a such a pure, angry uh, driving experience. It is angry. I'll give yeah. you that. It's so angry. And then, um, and then my motorcycle is a fairly recent uh, acquisition. I bought it in November of last year. Uh, what is this? This is uh, this is May now. So it's been with me about six months now. And that's my my Triumph Thruxton. It's a sort of cafe racer style Triumph Bonneville, and it's uh, and it's brilliant. And this week it has been rainy every day, and I haven't ridden the Triumph to work once, and I think. I'm being meaner to my students because of it. So you're taking you're taking the tank, the giant uh, yes. FJ tank to work. Yes. And that makes you mean to your students? No, I love the FJ, but uh, I love the FJ a lot. Well, the reason I like having both vehicles because I don't drive the MR2 to work ever because it's uh, yeah, it's, it's not appropriate for. It's like it would be like it's, you know walking your pet cheetah down your suburban streets. It's gonna it's your make race people, car. It's your yeah, race car. It's my race car. Walking it down suburban streets makes people nervous. It makes you sweaty. It's, uh, yeah, no air conditioning, no heat. Uh, the roof it's leaks. very loud. It's very loud. Yes, it's a race car. So I, my options are the FJ or the Triumph. And, um, and I like both. And what I like best is switching back and forth between both because it makes them both feel super special. So when I ride, when I get to ride the bike, the bike always feels special when you get on it. And you ride for, even if it's just, you know, the five miles. It's only five miles to my work, Jody. Uh, and that's a, that's a nice short commute. In fact, if I catch all the lights once last week, I made it in as little as six minutes. That's pretty six good. Minutes. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, and there, there are a couple of curves. There's this one curve that is kind of an S. It's, well, it's two curves, so it's an S. Um, and it's just about perfect to lean the bike into at about 65 miles an hour and kind of crack open the throttle just before the apex and the bike really bites in and except that the road is really rough and that produces this really sort of disconcerting wobble in the handlebars which and i'm a fairly new rider so my initial uh tendency was to try to clamp down on that just hold it really tight and that makes it worse because you're huh. you're clamping down you think you're just clamping down to hold it steady, but you're, what you're really doing is making corrections, and your corrections are overcorrections, and so you exaggerate the wobble. So, what I and I read this online, but it seemed like nonsense until you try it yourself in an actual wobbly curve. Um, you just need to lighten up. You need to let the bar move a little in your hand. All right. So for our non-existent 
New England listeners, these are Florida potholes. These are little imperfections in the asphalt. These are not like proper giant potholes. Well, I don't know if you know. Like winter road salt potholes. They're not that. I don't want to be too specific about the road we're talking about. I don't want people to get creepy, but... Um, but this particular you road you is, sound like me now. <laughs> this road is this road is famous for its undulations. So these aren't these aren't potholes exactly. They're just it's like a creepy waviness to the road that makes the bike a little wayward. Uh, but you just gotta loosen up and anyway. So the and by the way, these curves that I like to go through at about sixty five miles an hour. The speed limit there is thirty five. Right. So this is um. Obviously, purely hypothetical because we're recording this. I am admitting to no wrongdoing, and okay. as far as as far as anyone knows, I made all this up. Right. But uh, it puts a smile on my face when I get to work. Let's just put okay. it that way. So you you like you like to ride the bike in the morning. It... I like to ride the bike in the morning. Riding the bike home in the afternoon when it makes your crotch sweaty because now it's ninety eight degrees and, and the seat is black, luck. and I'm wearing and you you're sitting at right. So six minutes to work is twenty six minutes home. Uh, that's not an exaggeration. You can't get quite sweaty, and if you're a if you're a, a a professional gentleman of moderate means, you probably tend to rewear your slacks a few times before you you know have them pressed or washed or whatever. Just I'm gonna pretend like I don't know what you're talking about. Go on. You know exactly. And um, if you if you get caught at a couple of stoplights, uh, you can't rewear those slacks. Yeah, and those just pants put are, those pants are right out. Yeah, no, they're done. Um, so that's the thing. But anyway, so then the next day, so I ride the triad three days to work. It makes me feel great. And, and then the next day I get in the FJ because it's supposed to rain or whatever because it's raining in the morning. And I get in the car and I'm like, ah, oh, I like this car. Because I, I, you know, I haven't been in it in a few days and it feels special. And that's what I like best about trading back and forth. I, and that's when I, why I feel pretty lucky to have the, uh, the vehicles that I, that I own. You want to talk about your uh, your stable? Uh my stable is not a stable. It's a it's a one trick pony. It's a one pony stable. Something of that metaphor that you started me on weirdly. Um, okay, but your but your pony does a lot of tricks. Yeah, I combined all all of the stuff you just talked about. I did my best to combine into one vehicle. Uh, I drive a Subaru, uh, which you. Uh, I don't know. Outed me on, on possibly episode one. Hmm. I'm not sure. Anyway, it's a it's a Subaru Impreza WRX. Um, it's a and it it's also a hatchback. It's a wagon. Uh, so I have a very moderately priced car that also happens to be moderately fast. Mm-hmm. That also happens to hold a moderate amount of stuff. That is also my daily commuter, grocery getter, whatever you whatever you wanna you wanna call it. So uh it's also modified, which you helped me do, and uh I am still grateful for, actually. Yeah, that was fun. Uh it it was fun. I learned I learned Parts a lot anyway. uh, by doing that. Um however now I, I'm I'm no longer twenty two. Uh I might be more than ten years past that. And uh, I'm. I've got this kind of a boy racer car, and I'm. I'm no longer a, a boy racer. I still enjoy the car. I still like the car. Have you had that car since you were 22? Uh, no, I have not. Uh, okay. It's a 2004. Okay. 
I want to say I got it in 2005. I got it used. Um, it's been a great car. I can't. I really can't complain about it. Um, That's a cool car. It's uh, it's kind of loud. Hmm. Um, you know, and you got the you got the quiet exhaust. I remember. It, well, right? there were certainly louder options. There were louder. There were more obnoxious options. It's true, but as far as a daily driver goes, it's still pretty loud. If hmm. I am in a uh, parking structure, uh, <laughs> a, uh, a uh, you know a parking garage thing with a roof on it, uh, even at idle, if I'm just driving around at you know ten miles an hour looking for a parking spot, it will set off other car alarms. Yeah, but that's what you want. I mean, f- those people with their with their overly sensitive car alarms. Yeah, well, you know, I agree. Those car alarms are overly sensitive. But some days, I don't want a car that loud. I got to be honest with you. Right now, I don't. I don't want. I don't want a car that loud anymore. So, you know, um, huh. I'll, I'll. I'll. You know, maybe take my wife's car more. More often. Uh, a little bit more often. I don't. I don't know how she feels about that, but. Uh, she has a very quiet uh, econo box car. Yeah. Hmm. Well, my wife also has a little econo box, which is also quiet uh, and very economical. 40 plus miles to the gallon, which is, you know, as good or better than my motorcycle. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so that's that's another part of our stable that I'm pretty pleased to have because it's not like I would personally select or choose to have an econo box. But the fact that my wife does is awfully convenient because we do a lot of our, basically all of our co-driving, all the driving we do together is in her car, which means collectively we burn a lot less uh, petrol than we would uh, with with my vehicles. <laughs> any any one of your vehicles. All right, sure. I mean, the, the Triumph gets, gets decent fuel economy, but you know, I traded in on the Triumph. I traded in, I had a, uh, a Kimco. You had a, you had a scooter, right? I had two. I had two scooters. I had. Um, I started with a fifty cc scoot, and I bought it just because I thought it would be fun, and thought it would. I would ride it to work, which I didn't because I lived in. I lived uh, too. You know, too far away. Too far, and the roads required higher speeds than the fifty cc scoot could muster. Yeah, I bought that scoot, and it was a great scoot, and I sold it on to a, a friend who still rides it to every day. And well, that's she, nice. Yeah, she has a shorter commute, and she she's loving it now. And I, yeah, I feel good about that. So I bought it. Then I bought a big scoot, a two fifty cc scoot, and that required me to get my motorcycle permit. And that one would actually go eighty ish miles an hour, a little a hair over eighty if there was, you know, a slight tailwind maybe. Um, and at two fifty cc, it's and your it's mustache legal for the, was trimmed. Yeah, well, obviously, uh, at two fifty cc, it's legal for the interstate and my rationale for that one was i want a scooter i can ride anywhere i don't want i don't want to have a scooter that i can't take on certain roads in tampa because people are going 55 miles an hour yeah this is this is florida after all you need to you need to get places exactly right Uh, this is not a pedestrian area that Uh, we live in jetty not even a little bit (laughs) no and a 50 feet a 50 cc scoot is ideal for say key west or or maybe even new orleans where the traffic creeps along, uh, you know, New Orleans, my my fair city, that's where my heart lives. But yeah, Tampa, not so much. So the the two fifty cc scoot. Now that was the business. That thing got seventy miles to the gallon. Wow. I I put a little I put a decent sized trunk on the back, um, 
And that I did write to work, bunch, you know, often. And uh, a few dollars worth of gas would go weeks in that thing. And it made a lot of sense when I had the FJ sitting around. You know, the FJ was parked most of the time when I wasn't camping or when it wasn't pouring rain. And also, you know, now that I'm saying it out loud, I kind of regret selling it because I didn't put a cover on it at night. It just sat out in the rain because it was an ugly thing anyway. But it always started in the morning and it it was a it was a great piece of transportation hardware which is what it was but then i got sucked into the whole romance of the motorcycle <sighs> thing and romance you know, of the proper motorcycle yeah so the scoot had to go and i already had the motorcycle license see this is how they get you you already got the motorcycle license and they offer you know they offer good financing on new triumphs and i'm a i'm an adult apparently i have credit so how did that happen I don't even know what that means, but okay. it means they, well, what it means is they gave me a brand new Triumph. The first new vehicle I've ever, I've ever had. It's my Triumph. Oh, well, that's interesting. So mm-hmm. you bought a brand new. Brand new. It was a 2013 that I got in November of 2012. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you're, you're ahead of me there. I've never had a, never had a, a new vehicle like that. I never thought I would do because it always seemed like such a, such a uh, sucker's play. Yeah, you know? bad investment. Yeah, and I, it's not like I could make money off my Triumph, but it, I could easily flip it for more than what I owe right now because the the uh, supply is so low. Interesting. Yeah. If I I don't know if my wife got pregnant and said you're selling the motorcycle. Oh no, that, that's a good I don't know a good uh, emergency plan I guess. Except she wouldn't do that because, you know, she's a gentleman in her own way. What? Get pregnant or make you sell your bike? She wouldn't make me sell my bike. Okay. She would passively aggressively, uh, passive aggressively tell me <laughs> that my my progeny deserves to grow up with a father and that I should uh, probably not spend that monthly payment on, on the Triumph and probably not risk death on my way to work. Yeah, that's fair. Just take the FJ. So, uh, the state of Florida no longer requires one to wear a helmet. Oh, I know. Uh, last time I checked. So, where, yeah. do you wear a helmet? Oh, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, no, I wear all the, I wear the full business. I got uh, boots, from boots, boots to gloves, and I wear a leather jacket and uh, a full-face helmet. Like a properly expensive full-face helmet. Yeah, boots, boots and a helmet. All right, that's good. I, that's for the best, really. Yeah. Yeah, I've upgraded my gear through several iterations as I've upgraded my my little scooters. But yeah, now I wear now I wear pretty serious gear, even going to work. All right, is that a good good lap around the car topic? You should know, there's we, one more thing deeper? I want to there's one more thing I want to touch on. Um, Jody, why do we why do we modify our cars, and why do some people never ever modify their cars? They just want like to some people, if they want their car to be different. They just want a different car. No, it's true. They don't see that they could change things about their car. You know, they might put, like, dice on the mirror or one of those stupid uh, covers on the steering wheel, but that would be it. All right. For me, I was really curious. Uh, And it's actually become a theme for the rest of my life uh, Mm. in general. Uh, But... I really had fun learning how my car worked. 
Okay. Um, and so modifying it, being able to modify it, was a big part of that. Once I realized that such modifications were possible, I really wanted to get in there and try it and do it and see if it made a difference in the car. It was yeah. a scary thing because, you know, you're well, you're ripping apart your car. This is, you know, uh, at the time for me, it was the most expensive thing I'd ever had. It was the biggest investment I'd ever made. And here here I am, uh, you know, parking it at your dad's house and tearing it, tearing it to bits and uh, taking it apart. Uh, but I was able to do enough research to know what parts to buy, what parts not to buy, what to approach, uh, you know, what operations to approach and what to leave yeah, alone. Yeah, but did you set out, did you start that process because you wanted to learn about your car? I mean, I, I'm, I'm skeptical of that point. Or, or was it that you wanted your car to be something more than what it was? You should be skeptical about that. I don't think I started out assuming that I would modify the car. I mean, uh, you, I, you you started out reading like Nazioc or some some nonsense, right? I don't even know hmm. what that means, but I remember you saying that yeah. word a lot. Is that a word? Uh, that uh, is a word. It used to be a word. It, it might not still be a word. I'm not sure. Uh, it I used to be not. a big a, a big Subaru focus car forum where people would discuss ad nauseum how they were modifying their cars or hmm. racing their cars or polishing their cars or doing anything with their cars. Yeah. Um, but uh, I guess the original purchase I made because I knew it was a fun and at least had the possibility of modification. I, I will admit to that. Um, yeah, knew, we talked about this a it lot. had the possibility of modification. Yeah, we talked about this a lot uh, back in in the days when you were contemplating your purchase. I I was I was for one very very envious of your uh, of of your automobile when it was new. Well, new you, you you helped me quite a bit in talking me into the wagon. Yeah, oh, it was always got to be. It had to yeah. be the wagon, Jody. Well, I mean, but the the wagon was a lot harder to find. I know. Um, it's much less common, and uh, I'm still grateful. Because right now... Because um, it's much less common. Well, no. I, forget that. I mean, right now, I've got a dog crate and two uh, tires in the back of my car. Hmm. You know, you can't do that with your MR2. No. Certainly not. I remember your Saturn pretty well. Oh, first car. Your first car, that Saturn, um, I don't know what they were called. I think it was just called a... I think they just called it a car. They Saturn. Had, it was a Saturn car. They had some sort of model numbers, like it. I don't think so. I, I think, I think it's right. like, it was it's Saturn like, Saturn car number car one. So, like it was like SC two. I might have had the SC two. No, it was one. You had the one. I had the one. I, I promise you, you had the one. It was. It was it's it's like when you pick up a bottle of wine and it's just it just says wine. It just, a little it bit. Does, it's, there's no varietal. It's just. It's wine. The color isn't even mentioned because you don't no. care if you're buy if you're buying wine at that price point. You don't care. That's that's exactly what that car was. That was the worst car, apart from being reliable, which I guess it was. Right? It was. It always got us where we needed to go. We could cram yeah. friends in it. Right. I could m multiple. I I I want to say uh, I could fit 
four, possibly five golf bags in the trunk. Um, hmm. And th- that was its main purpose, was getting me to and from the golf course, to be, mm-hmm. to be perfectly honest. You know, you and my other friends aside, I would I, w- I would have rather gone to the golf course at the time. No offense. No, I understand. Um, yeah, but it was, uh, yeah, as transportation, you're right, it was effective. I don't remember you ever complaining about it being broken. At least it was a stick shift. Although no. It no. had that awful, awful shift light. It was the worst. That would shift. light up. This light on the dashboard would light up in your face and tell you that it was time to shift, even though at, it was at twenty one hundred RPMs. It was always the most ridiculous <laughs> time to shift. It was at twenty one hundred RPMs. I remember this clearly. Yes. Um, yeah, they wanted you in fifth gear by thirty miles an hour. Absolutely. It, I don't it know was. Why. It was. It would have been better as an automatic. Actually, that, that probably isn't true. It, it just—it was the worst in terms of the interface with the vehicle. It's the worst thing I've ever driven to this day. <laughs> and like even even the blinkers, even trying to put on the indicators was a chore in that car because it was way too hard to engage. That's true. And so you couldn't like you couldn't do what in a in a gentleman's car you can co- sort of put a light touch and you don't engage it so that it sticks you just get a few blinks and you let go when you've had your three or four blinks and move into the next lane that was nearly impossible in the Saturn it had this by nearly you mean completely impossible completely in the Saturn. impossible you had to like snap that thing down with your whole body weight right just you had to, to put your body the weight on the... to come on at all <laughs> you had to put the body weight on the stock to get the signal to come on and then it's then it's blinking loudly coarsely and and then you're done with your lanes change or whatever maneuver and and you want it to stop you want to bring it back and you have to bring it back with almost your full body weight and then Again. you're almost guaranteed to slap it into the signaling the other way the other way absolutely <laughs> and so <laughs> and this is what you see old people doing you know but but i was doing it as a 17-year-old in your car, because that's how bad the interface was, the driver yeah, interface. Yeah. And everything about it was terrible. The steering was the worst, the numbest steering. No connection. It might have been connected by washcloths. Well, the so there was, the, yeah, there was no power steering. It Twisty was, washcloths. It was pretty much connected by twisted washcloths. Um, and that, and that, that shifter, yes, it's always good to be able to choose your own ratios. I'm a, I'm a believer in that. Even my FJ Cruiser... Uh, is a is a manual, but oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Oh, obviously, come on, you know how I roll. I didn't even know that was an option in the FJ, though. Of course, six speed manual, but yeah, but that that had the worst shifter in the world. Just it was three feet tall, and <laughs> and the gates were purely theoretical. Like the the location of the gears were. Were these huge completely circles. wide? Uh, as you just had to guess, you couldn't tell if you were in third or fifth or first. You didn't even know. You didn't even it know. wasn't, and it's not like the engine had enough power to make you aware of what gear you were in. And the shift light was always on, so it's not like <laughs> always on. Yeah. And the, so it was like you know, instead of like a shift pattern, it was more like a Venn diagram where there was just lots of overlap between yeah. the gears. That's Each a good gear way had a circle. It. And they, there was a lot of overlap, and so you were never quite sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was just the worst car. And every Saturn I ever drove was like that. I had a rental Saturn, um, I don't know, 10 years ten years on from yours. Uh, and it was still it was still rubbish. And this is why, and I've said this more than once, I don't know if I've said it to you, but if you're on, if you're on the highway or whatever, and, and I'm a 
I'm a I'm a snob about highway etiquette and about uh, driving performance in general. I I think that that it's important, and while you're doing it, you should pay attention to it, and you should take care to do it well. And most people seem to act in completely the opposite manner. But um, every time a, I see a, this might be a Florida thing. We need to circle back to this. Oh God, uh, I think yeah, you, you are you are right in that the prevalence is higher in Florida and people who just don't care about driving. But but the prevalence of people who don't care about driving who also drive Saturns is nearly 100%. Interesting. Okay. It's tautological because if they drive a Saturn, if they selected that as their mode of transportation, they tautologically do not care about driving. You know what I mean? Except I, I was at, at 16 was the violation to this tautology but yes because that's why it's not 100 percent. i won't say it's 100 percent. it's you know it's 99 percent because some people are just given a saturn uh because it was their mom's old car their mom's like this is rubbish i'll give it to you or whatever or was that a new car it wasn't new but it was it was it, it bought for you it was bought for me it was not oh, I've forgotten that it wasn't yeah. handed down it was you it was that was your car that yeah, was my car. You were the first person in your family to possess that car. That's true. And let's not forget, uh, it had no power door locks. It also had no power windows. Oh, and sure. it only had one side view mirror. That was the best part. No, the yeah. one side view mirror. They didn't even spend the extra cash. Uh, despite their reputation, their, their, well, the ads that tried to establish their reputation for, for safety, they didn't bother with the second side view mirror. Yeah. Had they the never... driver's side, had the driver's side, but no passenger side. I got all all sorts of comments about that, especially once I went off to college. People were really weirded out about that. Where's your mirror? Yeah. Where's your mirror? No, it just wasn't there. That was so weird. My my dad had a car. Uh, he bought the most. He bought at one point. Um, I don't even know how to describe this period in my uh, in my life, but my my parents were in this uh, sort of. Uh, you know, pernicious period. Uh, you know, we had the suburban house, but maybe they had overextended themselves. I'm, I, I'm not really sure because I was a young adolescent or maybe pre-adolescent when this was all going down. So I had this, you know, have you ever read Portrait of the Artist as a Young Man? I've not. Uh, it sounds like you might be, might be overextending yourself here. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what you mean. Am I going too highbrow with this? What I'm saying is that my, my recollections of this are uh, are influenced by my youth. But it seemed like my, my parents had, had maybe overextended themselves. And my, my dad was commuting and he wanted to buy a car to commute to Sarasota, I guess. Because he was, I don't know, he had some position with FMHI, the Florida Mental Health Institute or whatever. and That's a long uh, commute, dude. I know. Uh, yeah, it's an hour in change each way, or it was back then. These days, you could do it in 45. But... Mm, well, roads know. roads are wider, speed limits are higher, you could do it faster. Um, at least to where he was going. But he bought a, a Toyota Tercel, and it had one side view mirror, like your <gasps> I like remember your car. this Tercel. The blue one. Really? No. What was the red thing? The red thing? Oh. Now, see, I have a, I have a, I have a, a very warm place in my heart for the I red did not, thing. I did not mean to derail you. I'm sorry. No, the red thing was, it was never, it was never actually given to me. It was never officially my car, but I consider it my first car. That was a, that was also a Toyota. It was a, a Corolla. Was a Corolla, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, an '86, so it was the last of the rear-wheel drive Corollas. 
and uh, I, I, that's how I learned to uh, slide a car around. That thing was unstoppable. I love that car. Yeah, the Tricel was nowhere near as cool, and it had one side view mirror, which is why I brought it up. But, okay. Uh, but it was the only other car uh, besides yours that I knew of that came from the factory on purpose with just one side view mirror. On purpose, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But at least, hey, the doors, the doors would not ding on that Saturn. No. Have you have you seen a? Not even uh, when you sat on the roof. Was there no, a ding? No, we dented that. There out. wasn't even a ding yeah. in the roof. But you could pop it right back out from the yeah. inside. Although, do you remember that after doing that so many times, uh, a, a significant crease developed right uh, near the front of the windscreen? Hmm. I don't remember that. I remember the the dome light would always come unglued at me so <laughs> right. a few times. Sat on there. <laughs> yeah, good times. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. It's interesting how car memories intertwine with family memories. You know? How our car histories are inextricably linked. And very poignantly, not just... Not just temporally, not just because they happened at the same time, but I, I feel like to me, I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe it was because my, my dad was a car guy and, and I, I'd been into it from uh, I, from well, well before I could drive. I was, I was into cars and racing. Uh, to me, in a very deep, emotive way, car history is linked to my life history. How do you feel about uh, th- that? Is this this seems like an American thing to me? Is it? It might be a deeply American thing. I I don't I don't have that same you know dad into racing thing as you do, mm-hmm. but I also ended up being being into cars as well. Um, yeah, so like it just kind of happened. Yeah, you have a cool car, even if it's a bit boy racerish. Uh, have you thought about uh, what's next for you, automobile wise? Not really. I just don't want to spend the money for another car. I plan to keep driving it until uh, I can't drive anymore. I feel like that's the only way to own a car. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why it's so important to get a car you really you really like, if not love. I mean, I I think I don't know. You could you could you could do the math and figure out how much time you spend in a car, but I don't think that's the point. I think the the point is that that you you're going to spend time in your car and that uh, if if you agree with my whole uh, worldview that you know driving is important, it has the potential to not just take you places but literally kill you. So you ought to do it well. You ought to do it as best you can <laughs> at any time you're doing it. Um, and you ought to have a machine that rewards your careful attention. So, for example, the Saturn didn't do that. Because your careful attention, your, um, for example, I you, like a gentleman, you want to signal that you're about to change lanes. The Saturn makes that a chore, so it actually disincentivizes being courteous and thoughtful in your your lane changing because its indicators were so bad. And and you wanna you wanna plot a proper course through a turn so you don't have to do something janky and like like hit your brakes mid turn that might cause a uh, cause a chain reaction in traffic and cause people to, to overreact down the line. Uh, but the Saturn makes that difficult by having stupid, numb steer, uh, steering with no on-center feel. You know, so if you have a bad machine, it doesn't reward your attempts to be a thoughtful and and deliberate driver. 
um, you need a good machine. If you care about driving, you need a good machine. Again, this is why you should always be suspicious when you're in traffic around people in Saturns because they have a terrible machine and that means they don't care that much about driving. So they will likely change lanes into you huh. or do something stupid and unexpected. And they definitely won't signal when they turn because the indicators are so so badly <laughs> designed. I, it, you know, it's tautological. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to devil's advocate you right now and say that uh... or ask you that so if we give everybody really nice mechanical pencils and rulers that everybody will be frank Lloyd right no no I, and i'm not that's that's jody i'm not making anything near that claim i'm not claiming that if we gave everyone a lotus everyone would be Ayrton Senna. And what i'm saying <laughs> is that if you care about driving and try to do it well then then you should choose a machine that will reward your careful attention so if you don't care, then what you need is a machine that will keep you safe when you crash into things, which you will because you don't care. So you're going to suck at it. You you always suck at things you don't care about, right? Ah, that's a good point. See, this gets to like core priorities, and this is something this is something I wrote in my note to you, Jody, I, that I think um, maybe this show should be about. In a way, priorities. N not too literally. Priorities. Uh, how do we decide what's important to us, and what do we do about the things that we think are important? You know, you know that thing that certain productivity gurus bang on about, which I completely agree with. You, know, you can you can tell when something's important to somebody because it's done, right? You can tell what's important to somebody because of how they act, the choices they make. It doesn't matter what they say is important. What, or if you, know, you have more priorities than you do hands. Something's well, that's a, that's a different thing. Now, let's not get into the productivity thing. All right. At least not not directly. What what I what I mean, I guess, is not priorities in the way that an internet, an internet uh, productivity guru might mean. What I mean is, what do you what do you think is important? What matters to you in life? You know, what are the heuristics by which you judge the value of things? In some ways, I'm upset that I have to value a car so highly. To be perfectly honest. I don't. I don't see a problem with that. I value cars very highly. I think that's. I think that's been the the theme through everything I've said uh, tonight about cars. But well, I think that cars deliver something. Okay, this is good. All right. So I'm I'm now clarifying my own thoughts here. I think that the reason I love my vehicles, all of them deliver on. The thing that I think, or one of the things that I value most highly in life, which is, man, I wish I had thought ahead about a word to call it, uh, a word to come up with for this, but it's... Are you going to say the F word? Are you going to say freedom? No, I was going to say I, happiness is too broad. It's a specific type of happiness. Like, for example, the FJ and the MR2 and the Triumph all... In their in different ways or in different let's say settings, um, deliver sort of visceral thrills related to uh, acceleration. You know, so like I as as you know, I I have some experience trying to teach this to people, but uh, you can't feel speed, but what you can feel is acceleration, whether it's lateral or or uh, or longitudinal. You could feel acceleration, and, and I'm an, an acceleration junkie. When people say they're they're a speed junkie, what they really mean is they're an acceleration junkie. Yes, yeah, true. Okay, so you can't you can't 
you can't feel speed. You can be going 600 miles an hour in an aluminum tube being shot through the sky, courtesy of Southwest Airlines, sipping on a Sprite, and you have no idea. <laughs> on the other hand, on the other hand, when I've got the hammer down in the MR2, or when I got the my foot on the brakes hard, trying to get it through a corner and it's all squirrely, that you can feel. And uh, same in the Triumph. And same in the FJ, except that's that's off road. That's more of an up and down acceleration. <laughs> well, there's a lot of up and down. There's there's side to side, not literally the same. There are not nearly the same lateral loads as you would get on the MR2. Negotiating a, a narrow trail at say 40 miles an hour is every bit as thrilling as negotiating a two lane twisty road at 100 miles an hour in the MR2. So they, you know. They they have their places. And the last camping trip when I was out exploring by myself in the FJ and I backed accidentally into a sinkhole, that was very exciting. <laughs> Sounds like it. Yes. Uh I was I was very stuck. I texted uh our listener actually. I shot him a text that said very stuck. Stand by. Just to tell him <laughs> that that there was a decent chance I needed him to, you know, stop what he was doing back at camp get in his truck, get a, a strap to come pull me out of this. Um, oh my gosh. Put down the grilled hole. cheese, get the tail yeah. strap out. Exactly. I I got out of the hole on my own for oh, the good. record. But uh, it took many attempts. And I, I yeah, the, the rear bumper of the vehicle was resting on the ground. <laughs> it was pointed directly up at the sky. <laughs> so it, it was exciting. Anyway, so those three vehicles deliver, deliver, thrills i guess you could call it or they deliver what's the word what's the what's the chemical what, what's the chemical response i'm talking about adrenaline an adrenaline rush yeah is it that simple i feel like I it's think more so. than that sometimes it's adrenaline sometimes when it's white knuckled it, it's full of adrenaline sometimes it's just like with the triumph i'm not a skilled enough rider to do anything fancy or particularly fast but just the gentle stuff and the triumph feels so invigorating. You know, you just feel so alive when you're on it. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna contrast all of this, okay, with uh, what is probably the the fantasy of a, a lot of I don't know nerdy people uh, out there, being that you no longer have to drive your car. You can just jump in it, tell it where you're going, and kick back and uh, read the Twitters or do whatever, and you don't have to drive anymore. How do well, you feel about that? I, th I think I would like that. I would really like that. From my non-scientific observations, this is already the way a lot of people are treating their commute to work, ah. even though car their cars are not Google-powered. Fair enough. But but we're talking about self-driving cars now, right? Yes, that's, okay. that's where I was going with that. Okay. No, I think it's... Um, I think it's a I think it's a good idea, and and not because I want to relinquish control of one of my favorite things, which is driving, to robots, but because most pe most people are absolutely at this, and which makes no sense to me because number one, it's not that hard. Number two, you do it every day, so you ought to be freaking good at it by now. But nevertheless, um, <laughs> the the evidence is clear that most people suck. At driving and well, computers, computers will get this right. The death toll is always the climbing. The death toll of what? Of car accidents. Well, that isn't even 
true. The death toll per mile driven has been dropping steadily since the 50s. Oh, you got me. All right, you got me there. I mean, you know, you well, got to, you just, you got to, you got to, you know, you got to parse it correctly. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that it, it can speed things up significantly because um, even if, even if it was just highway based, uh, on the highway when... There would be nobody, nobody being unpredictable on the highway. Exactly. Nobody being unpredictable. The system would would always know what every car was about to do. Uh, cars could make way for one another, and there'd be no intervention of <laughs> of people who make bad decisions when they're, especially when their attention is divided, which is the way people drive these days. All the time. I, I, I regularly see people, and this this concerns me. And my wife is not wrong to be concerned for my safety when I'm out there on the Triumph. And I'm 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 zooming in and out of cars, and I see every third one a person looking not at the road but at their fucking cell phone. And that... even even if you're not switching lanes, man, I I I fear for my life in a in a car. I wouldn't want to be a, on a motorcycle or on a bicycle. I don't fear for my life in the car because they can they can bash into me. But all we do is bend sheet metal and break plastic, maybe glass if it's bad enough. But nobody's existence is threatened. On the other hand. If I'm on the Triumph, their inattention literally threatens my continued existence. And that is troubling. I don't know. I guess uh, zinging through traffic, uh, living a little closer to death makes you feel more alive. Somebody probably has a pithy quote on that. James Dean? Maybe? Uh, seems like a bad time to quote James Dean. Uh, um, I don't even know where you'd Google that. Go ahead. Know. Sir Edmund Hillary, maybe. I'm not sure. Because it's there. All right, we have to we have to stop this. This is too much car talk. It's too much. Mm-hmm. It's too much. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're way we're way over time. But no, uh, not really. Ah, uh, what? You editing this week? Well, no. We talked about this, right? I, I brought somebody in. Who'd you bring in? Okay. Well, what I mean is, what we talked about is inventing a person that we were going to bring in. Um, I thought I thought we were. I thought you'd be right on right on board. I was trying to set you up. I thought you had a name. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't ready for that. Um, <laughs> what what I'm saying is we need to come up with a name. Okay. Hmm. So this is for our fictitious editor intern. Yes. It doesn't have to be just the editist. Uh, we can give we can give her all kinds of different jobs. Jobs. Absolutely. Take a letter. Yeah. Do do you think it's more sexist for our in our intern to be a male or mm. a female? Mm. Okay, this was my only thought on this was that it should be Pat. No, I don't like that. No. Well, Pat, we have a friend uh, by a similar name, well, and I don't I don't think we should use. Uh, okay. I think we should use that. Yeah. Well, I don't know. You know, we 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 might be asking Pat for music help. We might be asking Pat for art help. Uh, we are actually asking Pat for both for of those. For both things. of those, yes, I realize that. Nobody knows Pat? if Pat's male or female, Pat, except that listening? everybody who's listening now knows exactly who Pat is. Uh, you're right, that's the problem. Yeah, that's the problem. So, But our our, our, our intern, um, I, I don't want to be sexist. So okay. I, I, I felt earlier tonight I was thinking, well, let's make it, let's make it a woman because – you know, people just assume it's some dorky dude, but no, I think it should be a dorky dude. Is it? Is it? Is it worse that we've assumed like, oh, it's an intern, she's in a subservient position, so it's a woman? I I think that might be more sexist. Yeah, uh, I 
I think it should be uh, a dude with a weird name, like Sage. Ooh. Or uh, some, something like Goofy and Montessori and West Coast sounding. But we're going <laughs> to... No, I like, your, um, I like where you're going, but it's going to be something we're going to say, right? Like during the show. Uh, I don't know if I could say Sage unironically. You're right. Uh, hmm. Well, this is harder than I thought it was going to be, Matt. Yeah, I thought this would be easy. Maybe Sage is good. But that's a, it doesn't sound like a name. You're right. You're right. It doesn't sound like no. someone we're, we're annotating for. You know what I mean? How about, how about Neil? Neil? Neil. 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 Bob? No, not Bob. Not Bob. Not Bob. Neil? Neil? I don't mind Neil. Did you get that yet? Neil? Neil? You got that? Neil, okay. N- Neil Knudsen. <laughs> <laughs> Neil. Well, we wouldn't want to give his last name. We want our people stalking him. Okay. All right, that's fair. Okay, Neil. So, um, so Neil will be editing this week. Uh, yes. We brought Neil on board. Uh, is there? Do you have any particular notes for Neil on the uh, editing? Neil, drop a marker when Matt is talking about speeding and cut all mm. that stuff out. Hmm. Right. Way, this is that. way too late now. This is like an hour later to drop that marker. But Neil, you know where the marker goes. Yeah, Neil. By the way, I also might have swore several times. You're going to need to put dips in there. We don't want the explicit rating on the information to us. <laughs> Neil's got his work cut out for me. This is a long one. This is a long one. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Oh, I, I got one. Got one last thing. I, I actually, I actually am going to tomorrow meet with somebody about a job. Um, I guess it's called an interview. I have a job interview tomorrow. I, I've heard it called that. Okay, congratulations. Yeah, it's a job I don't, I don't really want, except for maybe a plan B. So, what do you think I should wear? Do you know the culture of the place at which you're interviewing? Yes. Dress one tiny notch above that. Okay, so I have to wear a clown suit, but not wet my pants while I'm there. Yeah, don't let your eye makeup run in the clown suit. Good, good yeah. advice. Good advice. Um, so yeah, one notch above. Mm-hmm. And remember, this is really, uh, you know, interview experience for you. You're you're interviewing them as much oh. as they're interviewing you, right? And uh, you know, you have much, much better opportunities elsewhere, uh-huh. such as blinds to go. Oh. Any minute they could be that calling hurts. you for oh. for the university. That's job. so mean. Okay, so at what point do I spray them with the seltzer water? 